love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. Another The Danny Painter Show. And on a Zoom with me is someone very important, especially if you are anything in the music industry. And his name is David Alexander. Hello, welcome to the show. Morning, Danny. Thanks very much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to speak to you. So just a little bit of background on me. Um, my whole family is in the music industry, songwriters, producers, um, lyricists, rappers, MCs, and we have all been with Shia for a hundred million years. Um, I've written songs. Um, and so this is something when I got this email from Genevieve about this, this MPASA, I, I was in and I sent it to everyone. And then we were all like, yes. Okay. So first things first, who is David Alexander? Give me a little bit of your backstory. Thanks, Danny, and it's great to know that you guys are with Cher. It's uh, really awesome. Um, I've been in the music business for, well, in Cher for 25 years. So that's a long time ago. 1996, we started Cher. And before that, uh, I ran a record label that had a video production company and a small music publishing company. So I've been in the music business for over 30 years now. Wow. Share Publishing in 1996 kind of represented a, a group of songwriters involved in African jazz. And if you can kind of take yourself back to that time, if the, the listeners uh, remember, there was the deregulation of the airways. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you had all these new radio stations like P4 and Kaya um, setting up and they were playing instrumental South African music because there was a local content quota. And Sheer Sound, the record label, and Sheer Publishing kind of really benefited well off the back of that. After a while, we got into the dance music industry and then more into the mainstream area with Frontline Rock and Pop as a publishing company. We kind of took a big step up when we started to represent some of the international companies. So we, we've been really grateful to represent some really awesome writers from across the globe. Um, And in 2010, when the Soccer World Cup was happening here in South Africa, I happened to bump into the uh, Ghanaian who had come down with a band from Ghana because he was supporting the Ghana Black Stars. And uh, he convinced me that I should come to Ghana. And uh, I went and then my journey in, in African music proper. So we were at that stage just in the frontline states, probably SADC. Um, and this was my first trip into West Africa, and it really kind of opened my eyes to the opportunity. Here in South Africa, we have a, a quite a mature songwriting market. Mm. Institutions like Samro have been around for 60 years. In fact, uh, it's their 60th uh, anniversary coming up. Whereas on the African continent, songwriters really don't understand or didn't understand the value of retaining their rights in, in their intellectual property. So it, it kind of played into a, a, a big role of mine, which has always been involved in education. In, in fact, uh, somewhere briefly at the start of my career, I was a lecturer at a, at a music school. Oh, wow. Um, so 
I, I, I love the experience of, of going into African countries, teaching them about the value of copyright, and we, we managed to sign some really great clients. So where are we? 2010 to, to now, kind of the journey has been to, to grow the company, to advocate for our writers, to advocate for the value of songs. You know, particularly as we've moved, made the transition from physical to, to digital, mm. there has been a big loss in, in a value that was taken out from buying a CD for 100 bucks. Yes. Yeah. Instead, now you're streaming a song and it doesn't even come to a cent on, on a royalty payment. Wow. So, so there is a, a, a huge difference between what the music industry was earning at Frontline back then and what it is now. It is on the increase, particularly here in South Africa, um, mainly because the international DSPs have been quite active in making their pricing more relevant for the market. They're getting more local music, domestic music onto their services. So people are making a choice. There is now this availability of all you can eat for a price of 59 or 79 rand a month, depending if you're taking a, a family uh, package. And, and I know that that doesn't work for everybody, but it certainly has made the market a lot bigger and it means it's added back a lot of the value that we lost when, when physical went away. Yeah. What's happening now, obviously, with COVID is um, we've been faced with an environment where our clients who are songwriters generally are faced with two um, kind of career crises. The first is that they haven't been able to perform live. So most people, as you know, wear, wear more than one hat. And being a, a, a performer, in addition to being a songwriter, that was where the day-to-day the -day living money came from. Yeah. yeah. And because those events were closed down, and even now they're open but very small, that's had a huge impact on the earning potential of the artists in South Africa. What also happened as a result of, of COVID and the lockdown was that advertising revenue started to dry up. So... People were using less music, casinos, hotels closed, airlines that used music for landing and boarding uh, stopped using music. Wow. Um, so there, in addition to the live events, there were the, the drop in advertising rates, particularly the small or mom and pop stores that would advertise on local radio. Um, we've seen even on, on, um, on radio stations like Jacaranda, there's been a, a, a drop in advertising revenue. That impact is about to hit the songwriters right now. Yeah. So from 1st of July 2020 till 30th of June, essentially we've been surviving on money that was earned in the prior year. Okay. That's how long it takes for songwriter royalties to pull through from when a song is first used till it's collected by the collecting society till when it's paid to the publisher and to the songwriter. So we've had nine good months out of the last 12 months in terms of, of pre-COVID earnings. And now from the 1st of July this year, we're about to face a, a crisis that that advertising revenue drop off. And we're looking at probably about 20 to 25% is about to hit the pockets of the songwriters. But that's also... So it's a double whammy. That's also obviously going to get worse because... That's just the start of the pandemic for when it started, right? And as the pandemic carried on, surely that money fell back more and more and more. So, so yes, it has to an extent. What we have also seen is that there's been a, a huge shift 
to online digital services. So there's more consumption of media. Okay. So there definitely has been an uptick in the amount of money available for, for digital music. And that will come through to, to balance to a, a certain extent. The advertising campaigns that were put on hold, um, the expenses that companies were kind of reluctant to make, depending on what the world looked like. Coming. I think some of them are starting to reinvest. They, they're seeing the green shoots in the economy. They're saying, you know, we were down to level one. Yes, maybe now it's an adjusted level two, but they still have been spending again. So, again, those figures we're not really going to see, you know, for a long time. But yeah. I, I do get a sense that it's not a straight downward trajectory that we have started to kind of see the bottom of the curve and, and hopefully pick up. And depending on what happens now over the third wave and the vaccination delivery, hopefully we'll see a, a return to levels more like normal um, from 1st of July next year. I love your optimism. I feel like you're really optimistic and I feel like you're exactly the person I need in my life this week. Um, you say vaccination delivery and I'm rolling my eyes. Here. I'm like, when, what, how, please. Anyway, I want to talk to you a little bit about the streaming services because there's a lot of confusion regarding people who aren't in the industry, not understanding that, that if you can have a million streams, that doesn't equate to much money. Um, can you explain to us how that works and how that came about? Because I feel like that wasn't entirely above board. Um, okay. So I, I think the idea about uh, streaming services is, is you have to look for what the old world equivalent is of that. So in a, in a linear broadcast environment like radio, yeah. advertising money gets packaged between the music that brings the listeners. That money, a percentage of that goes to Samro and then gets distributed back to, to the songwriters who wrote those songs. And they are earning, um, you know, depending on which radio station, sometimes a couple of rands per second um, because there are three or four or five million listeners of that, of that radio station. When you take that format and you switch it over to, to digital, now you're looking at an on-demand stream. So it's one person making one stream. But essentially, you're, you're having to build up to that three or four million people yeah. to get the same kind of listenership for that one song. Okay. The difference is that in the uh, streaming market, first of all, you're getting the DSP taking 30% off of the top of, of all the money that gets spent. Secondly, the biggest chunk goes to the record label who does split it with the artist, but there's questions around what their uh, royalty rates between them and, and the artist are. We're landing up with about um, 13 cents out of every rand. That then gets divided between publishers and songwriters. And because the, the songwriters are the most important, they're probably getting nine or ten, 10 cents. But if you can understand that it's not uh, a, a, a match for the amount of money that has been spent in, on traditional radio over that same four or five million um, audience for a song, you're only getting uh, a couple of rand. 
So you you really do need those streams to get up into the the hundreds of millions or the billions Millions. before a a songwriter can can start to to make a living. So the the issue of of whether we are looking after our creative talent, remember that the songwriters are the storytellers of our time. They're the ones that we rely on to put into words the thoughts and feelings that that we have. They kind of make them so that we can experience them in in a way that we can share with one another and hopefully intergenerational, we can share down to the next generation. So there was an impact study done uh, in South Africa that said 41% of artists had to sell um, some of their instruments or studio equipment in order to survive through last year, but over 50% of them are considering leaving the industry because they can't make a living from it. Wow! Now we're talking about these storytellers who are now having to go into education or driving Uber or becoming a handyman. And the impact of that on our culture, you know, in 20 or 30 years is going to be severe. Massive. We're not really ready for that. Yeah, we, we, we don't see it now because people are writing songs about staying home and, uh, you know, um, the environment that they live in, the fear that they, they're living with. But the more songwriters that exit, the less the voices are to tell the stories. And we know that because of diversity, the more voices you have, the more colorful your story is. That's our South African kind of tradition. It's our, our, the legacy, hopefully, that, that we can, can leave to everybody. But I'm, I'm concerned for the number of songwriters that are going to have to leave this industry. You know, you say this, and I've actually seen this on my Facebook and Instagram. Um, a lot of big names that I've followed and loved for years and... They're, they're posting things that look very much like they're about to bow out because they've reached that point now where there is nothing more that they can do to, to pad the, the, the coffers, right? And I wanted to talk to you about the COVID-19 stimulus because there was apparently a bunch of money that was going to go to songwriters and artists in South Africa to help them through the time. What happened with that? All right. Sorry, that's my dog in the back. It will happen. Mine will do um, the same thing. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. So the first thing is to, to try and look to see what's happening in countries in the developed world, like Australia or uh, Germany, France, uh, UK. The governments are putting billions of pounds, dollars, and euros into the creative industries because they realize the value of those industries to their culture and to the economy. So like somewhere like uh, the UK, uh, British music and British creative industries uh, contribute 8% of GDP. So so the amount of money that's put back by the government is significant. Here, 300 million rand, which is set aside, is is really insignificant. Um, When it was set aside, it was obviously done on an application basis. And the, the most needy should have been the ones who, who received the money. I, I can't, I, I, I'm not in, involved in, in that process and, and can't really comment. Obviously, what we've seen is in the media, artists having to go and sit in at the National Arts Council for 50 days in order to get government to listen and, and to pay across the money that, that they had contracted for. So in my opinion, first of all, it was too little. 
Second of all, it obviously tried to address the first needs, which were the people whose shows had been cancelled, who'd had contracts booked in for the year. Songwriters were never factored in. We as the Music Publishers Association wrote to government pretty much at the beginning of lockdown and said, look, please address the the burning platform right now. The the people whose incomes, the the frontline performers have been lost. Songwriters, we're going to feel it later. So let's see how long COVID lasts. Let's see how the the, the effect of um, the impact of the economic downturn has what it has on the songwriter's income, and we'll come back to you. So when I was elected uh, to the chair of the MPA in, in uh, February, we wrote again um, as the organization to the minister and said, look, the cash crunch is coming now. From 1st of July, really, we, we need a, a, a stimulus that is designed just around songwriters and small independent publishers. We haven't had the courtesy of a response from the minister, not, not any acknowledgement of our letter, nothing. I, I do understand that there are a lot of competing interests, you know, that government has to balance the, the needs of the many against the needs of the few. But in my opinion, the creative industries really is something that we should support because it defines our culture. It will define how we met this moment, how we stood together and how we survived through the pandemic. So let's talk about the MPASA, Music Publishing Association of South Africa. Talk to me about the, the, what it is. And also maybe a little bit like, so we've spoken about the problems and we've spoken about the, the setbacks and, and where we're sitting right now. How are we moving forward? And then maybe also what can we do to help? So the Music Publishers Association um, has been around for a long time. Uh, it's had different names, but uh, since 2014 existed in, in its current form as, as just the industry association that represent publishers. Publishers are the companies that are appointed to look after the rights of songwriters. Okay. It revolves around the copyright, so it is the right to make copies of the work, and in the case of radio, the right to publicly perform those those copies. So publishers do the administrative work behind the scenes to help the songwriters collect their royalties from all the different revenue streams. Um, If if you had to go back to to when I started, the main revenue stream was the printing of uh, vinyl and cassettes. Um, you know, radio was was important, but there, there wasn't a, a, a large number of radio stations. Um, what has happened is that over those 30-odd years that I've been in the industry, the proliferation of the number of revenue providers, so users of music, has gone from um, tens to hundreds to thousands to now billions. Yeah. And in fact, publishers like myself, we're having to publish we're having to process hundreds of billions of transactions. So each stream is a unique transaction in order to identify who the rights holders are on the song and pay out the right share to, to each of them. So the other thing that uh, has changed over that time is the number of songwriters on a song has gone from one or two, which the was the, the standard, to, to absolutely 20. Yeah. So if you're in the room, you get a share. If you contribute a word or a phrase, you know, if you're getting some someone to feature, they get a share. 
the producer gets a share. It's, it's, a, it's a collaborative process that means hopefully that the output is really of a, a, a monumental impact yeah. on the audience. So the more people that get their heads together and think about what the story is that we're trying to tell, the more likelihood is you're going to have a hit. But I, David, know, this job is massive. Like you yeah. putting it into context for me, I am so grateful that we have you because back in the day I would be running to everyone and doing all of these things for myself, right? Exactly. No, thank so you. We, we allow the creators to do what they do best which is to create, give them the time, take the administrative hassles off of their, their plate and allow them to, to work together and, and, and make their cultural creations. So the MPA has the interests of, of the publishers in South Africa um, at, at heart, which means we advocate for our members. Our members are both international global publishers that have offices here in, in South Africa, as well as many local South African-based publishers. Um, through the MPA, we represent probably 92% to maybe even 95% of the songs that are played not only here in South Africa, but across the continent. Sure. So it is our job to look after all of those songwriters and make sure that they all get their fractions of a cent from, from every stream or every time a song is played on radio. Wow. We, we work with um, the collective management organizations. So, so we have two here in South Africa. Samra is the big one, been around for 60 years, kind of collects from radio and, and TV. And then Capasso, which was also formed in 2014. So kind of when uh, the MPA took up its, its role as just being an association and Capasso collects for the mechanical copy. So that's when uh, a song is transferred from um, one hard drive to another, from a, um, a hard drive online down to your phone when you're listening to it. Um, and they have become quite the digital service processor for all African continental digital income. So we work with them to make sure that they are containing their costs, that they are serving our community, that they are collecting as much as possible on behalf of all of our members and therefore on, on behalf of all of the, the, the songwriters. So, so what we've been trying to do is, is to try and grow our membership. Um, we, we certainly have a, a diverse board, um, but we'd like to see the younger songwriters who have graduated to form their own publishing companies mm. or the small companies who are representing uh, young songwriters come into the room now. There is an ease of access that has been made through this kind of transition to online meetings. And, it, you know, you don't have to come to Joburg to be yeah. in a meeting with the, the, the Music Publishers Association. You can come and sit in, in the Zoom room and listen to everyone online. And I remember when I started out, the biggest learnings that I had were being in the room with the established publishers, just hearing how they did their business, uh, how they were max trying to maximize the, the revenue for, for their constituency. And we would encourage anybody who's interested, so anybody who's interested uh, in becoming a publisher 
or is already a songwriter that thinks that they should be their own publisher too, to contact us as the Music Publishers Association, become a member, get access to the workshops that we provide, become a, a, a voice in, in the room that the board is meeting in, learn from the people who are talking about the industry, and you'll be the leadership of tomorrow. And that's what we're trying to build is we're, we're trying to build a, a future leadership that is uh, strong and vibrant. And uh, so if, if your listeners are of any one of those two um, categories, please go to mpasaonline.coza and uh, ask for a membership form. It's very easy. Okay, so say someone isn't a songwriter, doesn't want to self-publish music. Um, what can the normal South African or the normal anyone from anywhere in the world do to help the songwriters in the coming months? Okay, well, that's great. Thank you. First of all is please don't infringe on anyone's copyright. So don't go and... Um, you know, share your hard drive of songs with somebody else or take somebody else's thumb drive and upload it onto your phone. That really cuts out any of the creators from earning money that they are entitled to. Secondly, if there is an opportunity for you to discover more about South African and African music, please pursue it. There are discovery playlists, particularly now both Apple and Spotify are deeply invested in the African uh, creator economy. And there is an opportunity for you to kind of make a switch or to, to broaden your, your basket of, of uh, songs that you consume. I think there's been great songwriting collaborations coming out from uh, Nigeria, from Ghana, from Cameroon and Kenya. Like we're starting to see uh, African artist stature in the global economy improve. And that can only happen when people are, are listening and recommending it to their friends. And the more that that happens, the more money stays here within the continent, the more we have the ability to invest in our future potential. So when I talk about the flight of that 50% out of the creative community, the way that you can assist with that is, is paying their money. If there are uh, live streams that you can attend, if you can tip them um, when you're listening, all of these are opportunities to give money back. Yeah. I know that it's um, kind of easy to, to get back into your shell and go, it's, it's winter, it's COVID, I'm going to stay home and listen to the favorites that I listened to from 25 years ago. But, you know, challenge yourself. There's some exciting African music to discover and, and in your genre, whatever yeah. that genre may be. Well, look, actually on news, on the news one day, Marius read that, and this blew my mind because I was this person until exactly that point, that if you listen to the same music for 25 years, which is what we all do, I mean, I always divert to, you know, Green Day, Blink, whatever, um, you listen to that over and over and over again, you're not forming new synapses within your brain, right? As soon as you listen to a new piece of music, whatever it is, even if it's in your genre, even if it's fairly similar to what you've been listening to, your brain starts firing differently. And the more you listen to that, the more you're exercising your brain and the less likely you'll suffer with an early onset brain situation later in life. So, so consume African music, 
Listen to one new thing in the discovery playlist and you'll help your brain. Exactly. Unintended consequences. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. So David, one more time. If songwriters, uh, publishers want to contact you, where do they go? So the easiest thing is to go to our website, um, mpasaonline.coza. On there, there is uh, an email to contact us. Um, There's some information about what we're doing. If there are any workshops that are scheduled, you'll find it on there. So that's the the port of call. You can send an an email to info at mpasaonline.coza. But uh, the website is probably the best place for for people to go. Okay. Last question. Mm. Starting out in the industry, I'm new. I have no idea what any of this is. I'm kind of winging it, Googling it. What is the one thing that I need to know so that I don't get hurt along the way? Uh, It's probably the thing is about school fees. You know, if if you're entering into an an industry, you've got to realize that it's the same as when you're entering into school. You know, it's like you've got to start again. You've got to learn the language. You've got to learn to navigate the personalities. You've got to understand how hard it is to carry on being authentic to yourself, but to stay true. Get a lawyer to advise you on any contracts that are put in front of you. Get a reputable lawyer and kind of check them out within other people of the music industry community. Don't sign something unless you're happy to understand what what you're signing. There's always a a negotiation in in every single contract. Mm. And the power for that, if you're a new entrant, often rests with the person who's already inside the industry. Don't let that phase you. You know, you've got tools. The tools are your your entourage, which hopefully includes somebody who's giving you business advice, um, and and a, and the legal advice. Definitely, that that's the thing. I mean, publishing contracts have changed over the last thirty years that I've been in the industry. I think they're a lot more writer centric mm. than they ever were before. In fact, if you talk about the global narrative, the balance of power between songwriters and publishers is hugely in favor of the songwriters. Whereas in the, the recording industry, it's much more in favor of the record labels than it is for, for, for the artists. But um, as, a, as, a, as a new entrant, take it slow, learn your craft, and make sure that you are covered from a legal advice perspective. Thank you. Good advice. David, thank you for your time. Um, this has been great. MPASA.co.za. MPASA online. Online. .coza. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate your time. Remember, you can catch the full video on XOTV.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and XOTV every Monday. Love you.